Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The Audio Vault on 941 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Thomas Dimitra, former general manager, joining us now here live on the Blitz. It's Radio Row. It's day one, and we're already behind schedule, huh? Is, is, is it a hard walk? Because I saw you over there. He's talked to that person. You talked to that person. Uh, it, it's difficult. Well, hang on. It helps if we turn stuff on. <laughs> is yeah. that good? <laughs> yeah. There yeah. you go. I think as a former general manager, like I see people along the way, and they're like, what the heck are you doing on Media Row? Because <laughs> I used to come here, and I, I had like two or three or five different interviews when I was with the Falcons. And now I'm with a company, Sumer Sports. It's a data analytics company, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm here trying to promote a little bit, but then it inevitably very quickly goes to, Bill Belichick, Dan Quinn, like all the people that I've worked with, of course, Arthur Blank, et cetera, et cetera. So, well, how did exactly. you know we were going to go there? How, how did you know? Kind of. We're, we're, we're Cowboys country. Yeah. So we lose Dan Quinn. Um, not unexpected. He takes Joe Witt Jr. last night as the defensive coordinator. Now Jerry's got to go find a defensive coordinator. Take us through the process of what it's like. What is Jerry and Steven and Will McClay Mike McCarthy, that what that process is. Well, I, look, when you lose a guy of Dan's stature, and I and I love Dan. I'm so happy he got the job, and I know there's been a couple other years here and there where maybe he could have left and whatever. But I've always thought that they that he was kind of in the wings. Like I thought maybe yeah. he would. I, maybe you guys think differently. And I don't. I mean, I personally didn't look at the final game saying, "Well, he shouldn't be a head coach." When I heard people complaining about that, I think that's a really shallow element. I guess my point in the end is you have a guy of, of Dan's uh, ability to try to replace him. Who's who's the name? That, are they talking about Zimmer? Zimmer. Zimmer's one. Ron, Ron Rivera's, Rivera's another. And why is Mike Vrabel not a part of that conversation? By the way, why is Mike Vrabel not? Does he not? <laughs> that's a quick. Yeah, that's you wouldn't have fired question. Mike Vrabel, yeah. would you? No. And well, I mean, look, I I want to dig into why that why that is. Right. I yeah. know two of the guys that were GMs. You know. John Robinson got fired the, the year before. John's a really good, he's a Patriot paradigm guy. We were all together there. And then Rand Carthon, after a year, all of a sudden, he's out, right? So was Mike that much of a power guy that they just couldn't deal with him? Mike is a tough-ass guy. Can I say that word? Yes, you, you can. can. Ass, You're yeah, fine, okay. yeah. You can say that word. Tough-ass, yeah. I like that. Yeah, too. But he yeah. is. I mean, I, I said to people, um, it's unfathomable that Bill Belichick doesn't have a job. Mike Frabel doesn't, and before Dan got his job, I thought, are there going to be three guys like this who are really, really good football player uh, uh, people and, and leaders? Are they not going to have a job? Uh, and, and are they all three defensive guys by trade, right? right. Which is another point. So I'm, I'm jumping around with your, your, the last point on you got a lot to do there in Dallas to try to find the right person because following up on Dan Quinn, his pat you guys know that. I mean, he's a great guy to love, too, right, and be behind because he's just that Players dude. love him, yeah. Right. I've never met players, and I was with Mike Smith, who was a darn good coach, and, you know, he won three coaches of the year in five years. I don't know how many players or agents and the players would come into my office and say, I'm telling you, Thomas, if you cut me, I don't care what you bring me back at. I want to come back and play with Dan Quinn. Like, And that's not fabricated at all. I, it happened time and again instead of, like, Thomas, you cut me. 
I'm going to skewer your ass in the, in, the, in the social media. They were all saying, I love Dan. Not because Dan was a, a glad hander and rub you on. He would call you out. He had that passion about it. You know, he's a boxer. He loves, you, yeah. you guys know, he loves the fighting. By the way, Arthur Blank and I, we, in a, in a group, went down to Cuba one time. And Dan Quinn was down there, and he was boxing with one of their middleweight uh, champions. I'm like, he was out there, and it was kind of funny watching it all. We smoked a ton of cigars and got way too drunk uh, on <laughs> rum. Yeah. But, but he was out there boxing, and I thought, this, guy, this guy's a legitimate tough guy. But he, he would never come across at that, right? Like, meaning he's not one of those guys that's pushy and everything. I'm getting really off on Dan because I really think the world of him, and I hope he really takes it over there. You guys probably don't want to see him come back. Well, no, I was really hoping he'd get the Seattle job, not, not be in the yeah. NFC East. Well, that, that's, the th- that's the thing, Thomas. I mean, everybody thought he was destined for Seattle. Mm-hmm. Washington wasn't even a, a thought, and then all of a sudden that pops up. What's the process there? And Seattle... Do you just look to go a completely different route? Well, I mean, Dan did have, when Dan first became our coach in Atlanta, he had definite elements of, of Pete, right, Carol? Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, and I know John Snyder well, and I know John Snyder loves Dan. They're really close friends as well. So I'm sure they talked through this whole thing, like, look, my fan base, and, and this was John Snyder's first chance to, to hire a head coach. Mm-hmm. And I think he, his point was Dan is too close to what Pete was, and they were looking for... Not not in a in a negative way, just like their personalities are similar. So they wanted they wanted someone different. Of course, they got someone very different in, in how they're doing that. So that's what I think. I thought he was going there for sure. I heard from a couple of media, national media, like don't count on it. I was blown away by it because I thought he was going to end up there. Thomas Dimitrov joining us here on the Blitz in Vegas on Radio Row, former GM of the Atlanta Falcons. I, I'm curious for hiring a defensive coordinator, and I know the Cowboys seemingly do things a little bit different than a lot of other teams but are they interviewing looking for a coach and the style that he wants to run or are they looking for a coach that can get the most out of Micah Parsons it's a great point love Micah Parsons as we all do as any team builders and former team builders I I used to text Dan randomly and say, are you kidding me? Why did we never draft a player like this? <laughs> that was your job. I know. That's what I'm saying. I, you know, I had, I had, again, Mike Smith was a former D coordinator, and then Dan was, and we never had, I mean, God bless me, we never had the pass rush that I thought we'd have with both of those guys. And uh, we, we ran a stat, by the way, you'll find it very interesting. Defensive coordinator by trade head coaches come in and they draft uh, quarterbacks. Because they know what kicks their butt. Mm-hmm. So, but you look, and Dan was one who, well, Dan wasn't there. Mike Smith was one who got it right with Matt Ryan, like saying he and I did it together. But Dan's going to be in a spot there where he, he's going to be able to pull one off the board very well, quickly. Yes, yeah. and he hired Cliff. He's going to get Caleb, right? right? That's package think, deal. You would think yeah. that's a pretty pretty close. But I guess my point there is, yeah, I, I think in the end, uh, what was the question? My God, <laughs> are you are you getting are you yes. getting a coordinator for right. his system or what he can do with what's on your roster, which is Micah Parsons? Well, you're you're hoping as you interview that this guy comes in and has a stout system, the one that you believe in, and that your players, the talent that you already have, is going to fit in with that. And quite honestly, with Micah Parsons, and this is what I was trying to say with Dan. Are you not? I mean, this was year one. I don't think you guys did it that much. I'd be putting that guy everywhere. I'd yeah. run him. A la Lawrence Taylor, every damn place I could go, I would put him in. 
and just put get people out on an island with him. That's my take. So I think the guy can fit in anywhere. He's been pretty outspoken le- recently, hasn't yes, he? Yes, he has. Uh, yeah, he's all, he's, to, to a fault, even. Who, is, who has he been throwing darts at? Well, everybody Dan Quinn, <laughs> the, the, his teammates, uh, management, uh, wow. pretty much everybody. What did he say about Dan? He, he Didn't he war- tell the, the fan base? Or what well, he said that there, there were packages in for him to play middle linebacker and, and be more of a factor in stopping the run. Uh, but you know, if the coach doesn't put me there, there's nothing I can do. I see. Yeah. So, so there was there's a lot of criticism <laughs> and questions about why he wasn't and, in that position. And in their losses, uh, a couple times, San Francisco and in the Green Bay game, boy, we were just out schemed, you know, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, and you know, it's, it's kind of like, does, is there anybody in the building whose job would it be to say, you know, Micah, that might be how you feel, and there might be a lot of truth to that. You probably shouldn't say that on your podcast. No. Didn't he also say something like, I've been in the league three years. I've seen just yes. Yeah, he's seen it all. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. You haven't no, seen they, anything. They grow that fast. So. I love that he's such a great player, but I don't know about that. So, so what is that? Now, it's, it's you, me, and Jason sitting here. What, what's the perception of the Jones family and the way they run the Dallas Cowboys? Well, the perception is uh, there's, uh, and I'm going to, there's no one more passionate, right? I mean, I mean, there's no one more passionate about it. Steven, I only interacted with Steven. I never interacted with Jerry at all in my 13 years as a GM. Any call I ever made was to Steven. I don't know if that surprises you all, but I didn't. And quite honestly, I, didn't, uh, I don't think I ever even got on the phone and struck a trade-up with them. Huh. So I'm probably not the best person to talk about. So as far as my own interaction, as far as the league, I mean, you're going to have always have people say, well, and I think I think Jerry makes light of it sometimes about having you know being the GM. Um, that how do you do that uh, when when you know you're the owner? But I think that's the perception more is wow. I'm I'm glad that my owner besides coming down on the field with seven minutes before the game. Speaking of Arthur, Brown, <laughs> and, I, and I and I think the world of Arthur. Arthur never never once played GM with me, which is really interesting, right? Contrast that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was able to do whatever I needed to do as the general manager. He would have an opinion here and there, but he would hold me to it. Hey, man, you look across the table and you say, you know, Matt Ryan's worth $120 million, whatever the heck it was. You know, you're swallowing heavy, right? But you're like, <laughs> do, you do it, and we'll see what happens on the other side. So. I, I, I'm curious. You didn't get a deal struck with Dallas. Is that because you didn't think their players were worthy? No, it okay. was more. Look, I, I will say this. One of the things that we do is usually as a general manager, you're striking deals with people that you have relationships with, right? Right. You're going to go there first. I'm going to go to five, six, or seven of the guys that I deal with. Not saying you wouldn't go. I wouldn't go division. But, uh, you know, and there are other people that if you're not getting the calls back or if they're not interacting with you regularly or, and this isn't Dallas, but, and I won't mention a couple of the other teams who are kind of disrespectful in how they deal with you or, 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 or kind of BSing about and, and take advantage of what they think is. And I had one guy used to ask me all the time for a certain round of something, and I had to call him out on it. I'm like, wait a minute. You, you're asking me for a second rounder every time on a guy who's a seventh rounder. <laughs> and it ended up being Howie Roseman. I love Howie. Howie and I get along really well. You guys playing against him. I mean, he puts together a hell of a team. But I had to, we, he and I called each other out early on and got, got that straightened out. And then from then on, we were able to do deals. So my point is, you do deals with the people that you enjoy doing deals with. That sounds odd, but you have, no, to, be able to, you have to be able to trust what the deal is. Uh, I've got to ask you this, Thomas, and, and I mean this, no disrespect whatsoever. 
Got it. How hard is it to be a GM? Because I think I'm the <laughs> I'm the best general manager there is. I sit here on the radio every day, and I say, why did he do that? How come he did that? How come he didn't have that guy? Sign back or don't sign back. I mean, back. come on. I mean, uh, so so it's a, it's a good point. I think <laughs> I think it's here's a funny thing. I say this to everyone. I never once, uh, and most GMs feel this way. At least the guys who have background in in, in uh, personnel and evaluating. I think that I could go toe-to-toe with any GM in the league, and most GMs do. Some of the ones that were hired, like Howie was hired as a, as a legal guy, right? Howie Roseman. Um, Mickey, Mickey uh, you know, Loomis down in, in the, at New Orleans was a business guy. So those guys may be a little different. I never once worried one bit about making decisions on evaluating. I wasn't worried about contracts. The worst part of being a GM is this crazy, incessant tug on your time. That's where it's really hard. Because every time you turn the corner, your your cap guy's throwing down this binder this big, saying, "Hey, man, we gotta go." I'm like, "Oh my god!" It, so that was what was complicated. Yeah. To do what you do by trade is is what I loved about it. Mm. I was in it 13 years. That's uh, humbly, that's a long time to be in that. Yeah, it's like dog years. Yeah, man. it seemed that yeah. way. So it's a complicated job, but if you know what you're doing and you have a good ownership group, makes it less complicated. Ah, I just yes. heard the uh, tug on your time. Full-time job. You don't have enough hours in the day, yet the Cowboys general manager is also the owner and has lots of other interests is, you know, bottom line there. Thomas Dimitrov, former general manager of the Falcons. Um, I know you've got to run to your next one, but you, you, you're, pretty, you're staying pretty busy even though you're not running the team right now. You talk about a tug on your time. Yeah, I'm staying busy at 20 seconds. I mean, it's a data analytics company called Sumer Sports. Sumer.com. We have a great uh, breakdown on our, on our data. It's, if you go online, it's a, it's a good – it's all laden with analytics, but it's got great graphics. Check it out. Uh, it's, it's all about roster optimization. It's not about building, in a, you know, where uh, head coaches are making decisions on it. We think it's revolutionary, and I've been the CEO there for two years, and I'm learning every day. I call them, and I say it humbly and, and respectfully to them, and they love me and I love them. I call them. We have a lot of propeller heads in that group who are outrageously smart, and I have to bring them back to football world sometimes. But they're amazing. I love what we're doing. Propeller heads. Yeah. I like that. Doesn't I that bring too. us back to the day? We're yeah. all that. Yeah, uh-huh. of course. Remember those cartoons. <laughs> Absolutely. It's been a lot of awesome. fun, Tom. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thomas Mitroff joining us here at, live on at Radio Row in Las Vegas.